Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, of course, brought to you by uh, Bucky Smith Courts, Jay Kokorowski. We got the hot shot Scott Wisniewski, the Polish rifle, no, hot shot Scott Williams, the Polish rifle Scott Wisniewski. There we go. Here, live, coming to you on another podcast. Thank you for listening in. And Scotty, brother, uh, going to get into some college basketball. We haven't had a chance to really dive in this even, I would say even this year, really, uh, with two big teams, Marquette and Wisconsin, obviously vying for position in the NCAA tournament. And obviously we're recording right after Marquette's 60 or 73-64 loss to, you know, at Seton Hall. Uh, Wisconsin themselves losing in overtime at Indiana, a team that was coming in 4-12 and into that contest, though they rebound, Wisconsin rebounded uh, this weekend. Uh, with a win uh, over Penn State, uh, but they have a, an interesting road ahead against. Obviously, you have tomorrow night Iowa at home for Senior Night, and then at Ohio State to finish off the Big Ten season. It's going to be interesting. But uh, for teams that started off strong, and obviously I was there to cover a, a great overtime contest at the Pfizer Forum, uh, where Marquette ultimately won, and Wisconsin kind of showed some things that have been kind of constants in their losses. Uh, it should be interesting to see where they end up in the tournament, in the seedings, and also just if they can get out of that first round in that tournament. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to. Let's start with Marquette. Uh, they lose to Seton Hall three games in a row now they've dropped. Uh, Seton Hall finishes on an 18-0 run. Marquette's starting to look like a one-and-done team in the tournament as this will probably drop out of the top 25. They're going to finish second in the conference. We'll see if they can right the ship. They've got one more regular season game. Wisconsin, you know, they've they've been uh, bitten by the same problems all year. They don't shoot free throws well. They go through long scoring droughts. They've got two games left, Iowa at home and then uh, Ohio State. And again, I mean, if they can win – one or two of those games, maybe they get a bye or, or even a double bye. But they also kind of feel like because both these teams look like they went from four seeds down to six seeds, and at six seeds, I, I feel like they can both be one and done. It's disappointing that they've they kind of picked this spot in their schedules to. But Marquette's struggling more than Wisconsin, but Wisconsin just hasn't really found a a winning streak over the last you know I'd say three four weeks and. Marquette, like I said, they were pretty much riding high until these three losses. And this one tonight, probably the worst of the bunch. Yeah, I mean, 18 turnovers. Uh, this is talking about Marquette, 18 turnovers. Sam Halser, a big night with 39 minutes, 25 points on 9 and 19 shooting, yeah, along with grabbing nine rebounds, had three assists. But he also had five turnovers. And we mentioned it before, 18 turnovers. Five of them came from Marcus Howard who had six points and was two of 10 shooting two and nine. I mean, he only attempted one two point bucket, the rest of it two and nine from three point range uh, had five assists, but for a leading score, I mean, it's one of those things where shooters shoot and sometimes uh, they, you know, you've seen Marcus Howard have some incredible games this season. And when he doesn't, others have to step up. And that's that to me, it's, that's an interesting point against, you know, against Wisconsin back in December, he had, I think it was a 23, 28, 30-some-odd points, but his shooting percentage wasn't great. Uh, he was a volume shooter at that yeah. game, and, and he He's obviously a is player. a great player, and I'm not going to take anything away from him there. But 
absolutely great player. Uh, he was fun to watch for that matter. Uh, that, that atmosphere is probably one of the top two or three atmosphere that I've been able to cover this year outside of the Michigan game at the Kohl Center. And I would even say, I'm trying to think of the one that was most recent. I think it was, maybe it was the whiteout game that they had here at Kohl Center. That was really uh, a vivid game uh, for Wisconsin there. But really, it just, to me, um, you know, I think maybe the with Wisconsin you have you mentioned like the free throws uh, you know you you're missing you're 5 of 11 in the second overtime. If you're getting to the free throw line 11 times in the second in the second overtime you should be winning that game. Uh and they also didn't make any field goals in that second overtime. And then I mean the says it's too the majority of those free throws are coming from Ethan Happ and he's a sub 50% shooter at the line this season just got worse. And it's not for lack of trying, folks. Let me say that too. I, you, I stay, when I go for player availability, he is just shooting the free throws consistently. He's going there 10, 15 minutes after practice, after all the stretching. He's working with yes, Dean I, Oliver, one of the assistant coaches, and doing that. But it's also, you know, I, I do say one nice thing with Wisconsin, and in another key term, you know, against Purdue, they've had some turnover trouble. Uh, that at the home loss, that's what cost them the game there, along with poor free throw shooting. I'd also say too, when, when they're losing, they're not hitting the deep shots, uh, and they were poor against Indiana, and and you know Trice did not have a good game shooting wise outside of the free throws he made. Uh, Davison was did not do well in Assembly Hall as well, but I will say at least when Hap, who is the big guy, has been in trouble, whether foul trouble or just not playing well, there's been some guys that have stepped up too, where sometimes it's not consistent, I would say. Recently, I would say, I would even go, you know, Khalil Iverson stepped up big in the past few games, but it's been kind of a rotating bunch of like Brevin Pritzel, who's become more of a role player, a glue guy, as Greg Gard referred to him as, has been stepping up in his end, where, you know, he posted a, a you know, tight a season high or with 17 points uh, the last game against Penn State. He's grabbed some great rebounds here and there. He, he's done little things right. Very cerebral pro player, as Guard has referred to him as. Uh, the one thing I think you mentioned, you know, they have to be more consistent offensively. Defensively, they can beat anybody in this in the nation right now. And I'm only saying that with Duke because the Zion Williamson's not there. It's just offensively, they have to find more. They have to. Con con and another thing too, and Jim Polzine from Wisconsin State Journal pointed this out, Scotty. Finishing around the rim, they are not good this year. They are not, uh, you know, you see sometimes with Hap, he needs to hit more inside, and sometimes those shots just don't look pretty when he's trying to make those moves. Uh, others around the rim, too. Uh, Iverson, at one point, I was I would put him put in there, but he's stepped up recently uh, with his inside play. Uh, but they need to convert around the rim and in the paint more because there's a razor thin margin of error in the NCAA tournament and they could go home that first, like you mentioned, they could go home that first weekend. I also think both teams could make it to the second weekend. And I think that they could make an impact, especially if they, especially with Wisconsin, with that defense, if they can find an offensive rhythm and hit those threes, when people are, or teams are trying to double up, Ethan happen, open up a wide open three, like we've seen before. They, they could make it, they could make it happen. But right now I'm also very, you can say I'm, you know, uh, yeah. There's a good right to be skeptical for both teams heading into their tournament games, uh, their conference tournament games, and then 
a couple yeah. weeks from now, yeah, you're talking uh, about what's going to happen in March Madness. Yeah, you're. I mean, obviously, you tend to be the more of the optimist on some of that stuff too. I just, I don't know they got to show me some things, both these teams, and you know whether that means taking a little bit of a deeper run into their conference tournaments. Right now, I'm not buying any of it I'm from either team right now, and you know we'll see. I mean, yeah, sure, things can turn around, and we won't know what things look like till we see how the brackets are. And, you're right. Wisconsin defensively could play with anybody, and offensively they can look terrible against anybody. It really depends on which, you know, like you mentioned, will they finish around the rim? Will they knock down their shots? Will they miss their free throws? Will they turn the ball over? Will they just be flat offensively? And like I said with Marquette, it seems like, you know, they got to get some more consistency, whether it's Hauser, whether it's Marcus Howard. It seems like they haven't been clicking um, in the last three games where – you know, it seems to be a one-man show tonight. It was Hauser, but yeah, they've certainly struggled. So, um, so they've struggled. The Bucks, um, I wouldn't say they've struggled. They had their first two-game losing streak. Kind of interestingly, I, I had a conversation with a colleague about how I thought they should have rested everybody in Phoenix and played the Utah game with everybody at full strength. I think if they did that they would have beat Utah, and then everybody would have had four days off, like if they wanted to rest Bledsoe and Brogdon and Giannis against Phoenix. So as it turns out, they lost the game anyway at full strength, right? So um, I just think it's important for the Bucks to get that number one seed. You know there are the stats been talked about. Road teams in game sevens are usually abysmal. The Bucks need to play at home, uh, whether it's in the Eastern Conference semis or finals or whatever like you want that chance to have a game seven at home and they got to do everything they can to stay ahead now here of toronto down the stretch um philly's looking like i looked at the schedules philly's getting hot indy indiana has the toughest schedule so philly should slide into that three spot all the more reason why i don't want the bucks in the two because i don't want to face philly in round two i think they're the team that's a little more dangerous i think of all the teams that are remaining in the east right i mean right now too the good thing though toronto like they've lost two in a row like milwaukee's two lost two in a row so they haven't caught up to to milwaukee in that stand you know in that circumstance wisconsin or milwaukee still holds a two and a half game lead while indiana's about six and a half back philly's seven but like i said they're streaking they're seven and three in their last 10 games uh, and so, yeah, those other teams, it's really the Bucks in Toronto for the one, two seed, Indiana, Philly, there's not enough games for them to make any of that up. I think the positioning for them will be who's going to be three, four and five. Right. I mean, that's where that positioning at the top, it's the Bucks in Toronto. It, it, that's, that's really the race for the top two seeds. Right. I mean, it is interesting too, with just how the Bucks, they lost their, they got swept in their season series by Phoenix, which is the worst team. Uh, it's just the the way it is. Uh, sometimes weird things happen like that. Um, it wasn't a, oh, I thought I saw a tweet out there. We didn't like the Bulls, like in their 70 win season, lose two to Toronto with David Stottlemyre or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, there's some weird stat about that uh, back in the day too. So it's just, it is what it is. Uh, but Milwaukee is the, you know, the lone team to clinch a playoff spot already. Uh, which uh, is remarkable for this team. This team's got 48 wins in 64 games. You have 17 more to play, and I, I mean, uh, what? Let me let's let's backtrack with with the Bucks and talk about what transpired this weekend. Uh, not on the court necessarily, but off the court. They 
lock up Eric Bledsoe to was it a four year seventy million dollar contract, and yep. then they also lock down they they pit, you know Paul Gasol negotiates his release out of San Antonio, and now he provides some depth along with Miritich. Uh, I, I guess uh, two things: one, do you like the deal for Bledsoe? I think I like it. I like the nucleus of the team staying put. That's my opinion. Uh, we'll see what they yeah. do with, with Middleton. But two, Gasol. All right, what do you think he could bring to this team? Along, well, I know there's veteran experience, but what else could he bring to this team down the stretch and into the playoff run? I, I mean, really veteran experience. I mean, he, you, most of the time when you get to postseason, the rotations tighten up and teams seem to drop back to nine-man rotation. You get a guy like Gasol. He doesn't have to play all seven games of a seven-game series, right? But he can provide minutes, let's say 15, 20 minutes in one game to to rest a a Miritich or rest a Lopez, basically giving you a potential of a 10-man rotation. And I think think that's – I mean, he's not the Paul Gasol of four years ago or even three years ago, but he's a guy who's been through a lot of the wars and might be able to help shepherd this team through some of the – because, again, playoff success has – has basically eluded the, the Bucks all these years, right? So maybe help them get through that first round, a couple other series as they go, and and then just provide some rest. I think that's really what that's all about. I, and if he does that, you know, he basically has served his purpose, which, you know, you're not really paying a lot for him. It's just, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just shrewd moves, in my opinion, too, for just how this team can be. I, I really like just what the Bucks nucleus is and the, the the way that they gel. I mean, obviously we'll see what happens with Chris Middleton and, and how much he'll command and how much he'd sign for. But uh, there's this, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how just what happens in the off season. But just now I think this team's playing well enough and it's going to be, he said it's going to be tough. It's going to be a stretch. Uh, and you have Toronto breathing down the necks and they got better too at the trade deadline. So, I, I, giddy up, man! I'm, I'm excited. Like, uh, maybe, maybe in my fact, just because I cover the Badgers and, and I don't get to watch a lot of the Packer games anymore because I'm usually writing on Sundays. But you know, I do allow myself to to really root, root quote unquote, for two teams because obviously I cover the team for Wisconsin and I I keep it objective as possible on that, but. Really, man, like the Bucks. Like I'm excited for the Bucks. I got a bunch of Christmas gear, you know, this past year for that's that are Bucks related. I'm I'm all I'm all up about what this team can do and start. You know, tomorrow night they play the Pacers uh, at you know at, at Pfizer and Forum, and you know it, it, that's going to be a key game. Uh, and they got some games coming up down the road too, where you know uh, 76ers are on the 17th of this month. You have. The Heat, which right now, if I'm not mistaken, they're they're te- I think they're technically eighth in the playoff picture. Yeah. There, uh, the Rockets yeah. come the 26th. Um, but I mean, there are some good games here that they can. Oklahoma City is still coming in. Yeah, it's not an easy. It's no pushover. I right. mean, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they have se- the 76ers on April 4th, for that matter. But uh, and the Thunder, yeah, and the Thunder on the 10th of April too. But uh, you know, like this is also a team that, um, I think they get. I know the end of the West Coast trip wasn't great uh, with those two straight losses, but uh, the fact that they came, you know, that they still 
took care of business for the most part. I, I think that's a solid sign for this team. I, I like what I'm seeing out of the, out of them. And I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, like I said, these games, those losses could come back to, to bite them and cost them the number one seed. But I, I'm, I'm just wondering too, is it just, is it, is it okay to readjust expectations, Scotty, when it comes to this, where they, they're 48 and 16? Did you expect this at the beginning of the year one? But two, do you are you able? Do you feel like we have the the right to now reexamine these expectations after just the, the amount of success that we've seen so far in this regular season? Yeah, they have to they have to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, otherwise the season's a disappointment. I mean, if you finished in the top two in your conference and you don't get to the conference finals, you've underachieved, right? Right. I mean. In theory, the one-two should be playing in the in what would be the finals. So, yeah, you sure you should readjust your expectations. And yes, the beginning of the year, I was looking at them as a four seed. So they've they've certainly overachieved. But yes, the bar gets raised now. If they if they lose in the second round, it was a disappointing season. Gotcha. Despite the fact that they haven't had much playoff success, it doesn't matter at this point. Again, you're you get the best record in basketball at this point. You you better get to that what would be the final four, right? Right. No, I think I, I agree on that. And I I mean I think the key for this team right now is to lock down the first playoff series win since the two thousand you know since was it two thousand one? Like how long has it been since then? I think it's been since then since they've won the playoff series. Yeah, it's been yes, two thousand one. So I think that, yeah, take care of business that way. And then they should get to the finals. Yeah, I agree with that. They should get to the Eastern Conference finals at the least. Uh, but for me, like that first step is is taking that. I mean, in regular season, if they lock up num- that number one seed, that's great. But yeah, my my, I guess I hold my breath. Like if just based off of p- previous history, win that first playoff series and go from there. Uh, and, and you hope that they can take care of business and that's in round two uh, to get to the finals. But um, for me, it all starts with that one play, that first playoff series, take care of business there, gain that, gain that win over there and then proceed. Cause I, I guess I, that's, that's one thing that could get hung up on, on that. If they obviously they can't crap the bed against, you know, a team like the heat or the nets for that matter. So, um, but yeah, anything else you want to touch base on brother? Uh, with, I mean, Brewers are underway with spring training, so so they're doing well. Yeah, we can we can delve into the Brewers stuff. I think next week. I mean, hope we'll have kind of a clearer picture of how some of the position battles are shaping up. Yeah, no, I think so too, and uh, we'll see how the pitching lays out. I know Jimmy Jeffress uh, left the game after I think maybe three pitches with. It sounded like some shoulder discomfort. It sounds like nothing serious according to some of the reports and what he had told reporters, but obviously something to monitor going forward. Um, i trying to think if there's anything else really that uh, – and we'll obviously dig deeper coming up. Uh, we'll also uh, – maybe we'll do it like a couple weeks down the line. We'll talk spring football, uh, just overall musings. But but yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, we it's a, it's a quick podcast, but it's a good quick one to – Almost about 20, 25 minutes long and uh, rocking and rolling, brother. Yeah, sounds good. I'm looking forward to, to some warm weather and some baseball and hopefully a deep run for the Bucks in the postseason, and, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. And, yeah, we'll touch base uh, coming up, folks. 
Uh, we'll obviously talk more Brewers. I'm sure we'll have a Road to WrestleMania show down the road, down the line as well. Trying to get WWE to let us talk to Eric Bugenhagen, uh, who is the former Franklin wrestler, high school wrestler, turned Wisconsin Badgers wrestler, uh, who's now making his way in NXT. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get fit some more wrestling theme shows there, or at least segments into a show coming up. And obviously, uh, Pro Days up next week. Uh, we'll probably get some audio up here on this podcast as well, along with a lot more. So stay tuned. We got there's a lot. This is my part of my favorite times of the year, along with October, November ish when college basketball starts. We got a lot going on. So stay tuned. Enjoy for the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski. I'm Jake Kokorowski. Signing off. We'll catch you guys next week on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza.